it's great to be back in February and it's great to see the events and stuff but it's also I think about it in 2020 I didn't think in 20 by 2022 is that half of the calls I would be getting this week but would be from cryptocurrency miners asking if NAPE's a good fit for them so it's kind of funny to see the transition between 2020 and 2022 and how much the show has even changed yeah. and how many different audiences that I would never think you know back in 2020 would be at NAPE in 2022. Oil and gas makes modern life possible. The energy the world requires today and tomorrow will come from decisions made in the oil field today. Oil and gas will remain the leading source of fuel to power affordable energy that is sustainable for the billions of people that depend on the success of the industry. The oil field is a group of people, companies, technologies, and institutions working towards providing the world with safe, clean, storable, and transportable power. The Oil Field 360 podcast is a 360-degree deep dive into the leaders of the industry who will provide listeners with a first-hand account of what it takes to build, maintain, and lead the energy business into the future. The Oil Field 360 podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Lockton Global Energy and Marine, uncommonly independent. Lockton is the world's largest privately owned insurance broker and risk finance advisor. Lockton's global energy expertise is centered in Houston and represents the largest concentration of energy specialists, clients, and experiential knowledge in the upstream, midstream, and downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Visit LockedIn.com for more information. Upright Digital. Upright Digital specializes in partnering with your business to maximize marketing efficiencies. We have a deep understanding of people, their needs, motivations, behaviors, as well as the technologies that enable brands in many industries to utilize what is available in a changing digital landscape. Find us online at UprightDigital.com. Hello and welcome to the Oilfield 360 podcast, coming to you live from the Fletcher Azul podcast studio in Houston, Texas. I'm your host, Greg Davis, and it is my distinguished pleasure to be joined by our reliable and steady co-host, Mr. David DeRode, also known as the hardest working man in energy risk management. David, how you doing today? Doing well, partner. Glad to have you on here. You look good. I thought be about... my co-host. I, you know, it's good to be here. This is podcast number one, so... Uh, surely people can expect improvement. Uh, hopefully our guests will, will accommodate my failures and shortcomings for this first maiden voyage. Uh, and I thought about, you know, leading in with a loaded question for you, David, which is, what do you notice that's different about me today? Huh. Mm, think about it. I think, I think maybe uh, you might have some socks that my uh, son Everest might have given you for you Christmas. You passed the test. Mm -hmm. You did. You did. So, yes, these are my very – I'm very proud to sport these rainbow trout socks. Uh, made in America, made in Montana, given to me as a gift for Christmas from David's younger son, Everest. So, uh, yeah, I thought I'd, I'd bring a little flair. Uh, let folks That's good. It's a lot better than those multicolored shoelaces Josh was always wearing. A lot of upgrades over that experience, yeah, yeah no yeah. doubt, no doubt. Well, glad you're doing well today. Would you like to uh, introduce our distinguished guests? Absolutely. So, pleasure to have uh, Leanne Callahan here and Drew Gunter from NAPE. 
and uh, they're here to uh, talk to us about what's going on at uh, the upcoming NAEP here in a couple weeks here in Houston. So welcome you both. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Glad to be a part of NAEP. Uh, I think we're going to be doing a podcast or two at uh, at NAEP and and uh, I think I'm also been roped into doing a panel discussion with the infamous Jim Wickland oh, wow. as well. So. Anyways, it'll be interesting. You could so. sell tickets for that. Oh, yeah. that will be fantastic. Then, yeah. So talk. welcome you both. Hey, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Well, David, you kind of, you kind of, uh, I think it's a good starting point just to talk about, I mean, as I was doing my research for this, um, I, you know, I've been going to NAPE ever since I was hatched and, and fell into the energy industry <laughs> in kind of 2004. So it's been a mainstay for me, uh, having been in the upstream sector originally and now doing kind of everything across energy value chain where I'm at today. Um, but I, you know, didn't realize it went as far back as 1993. And I think as I, if I recall the first NAEP had 750 attendees or something, and you're now up to over 15,000. So, you know, clearly it's one of the most important and has been one of the most important kind of industry gatherings. Um, and, and certainly stood apart from my perspective and in my career. So. You know, maybe you could, for our listening audience who may not be familiar with what NAEP is, maybe you can give us just kind of a quick, you know, what is NAEP and how did it get started? And, you know, where was this where was this idea originally hatched and how did it all come together? Well, I'll let well, Leanne take that because she was actually at the first NAEP. Yeah, I'd be happy to tell you about our history. <laughs> um, I had just started with AAPL, who is the managing partner of NAEP, and anyone who does not know what AAPL stands for, it's the American Association of Professional Landmen. And so at that time, it was during a downturn, and um, there was a group of land leaders who were trying to come up with new ideas to help the industry, to help uh, deals get going. Um, and help the plight of the landman. And so they had the idea to have a prospect expo. That idea was not met with uh, warm wishes at the beginning. Um, there were a lot of industry players, Teban Pickens, a lot of big names that are like, what are they doing in Houston? That's gonna be a starving artist sale. No one wants to show their maps or <laughs> sell prospects that way. You know, this is a private business. But the idea was to help with really save on traveling instead of having to go to Denver, to Oklahoma City, to Houston and all over the country to show your prospect. We wanted to create a central marketplace for buyers and sellers to come together and make deals happen. And so the first NAEP was held at the Westin Galleria here in Houston in a hotel ballroom. We had uh, 80 booths and about 750 attendees and we had an article written about it uh, in the Houston Chronicle and all of a sudden we had people starting lining up what's going on you know and it was really exciting to see the growth um, since 1993 we've now grown to host more than you know 1200 exhibitors and you know anywhere from 12,000 to 15,000 attendees each year and um, through that growth we've added a, a couple of different elements to NAEP well actually a lot of different elements to always keep it innovative and exciting but it was a, a it was a historical moment when um, 
the the landman Mike Grimm is a lot of people who watch this or listen to this show probably know Mike in the industry he was one of our founders who got on the phone with his friends Marty Searcy at the time a lot of those founders just had to get on the phone and say guys let's try this bring your prospects let's see what happens interesting so one of those you know necessity being the mother of all invention kind of situations uh which i didn't appreciate that history at all because by the time i arrived it was the event right so Mm -hmm. credit to y'all for for making that happen um so how you know given that there was just sort of a mixed review from some of the big stakeholders in the industry at the time and it almost kind of seems like you guys were kind of creating your own groundswell I mean, I looked at the numbers. I mean, you, you doubled the attendance like every three years almost. So the, the pace of growth was incredibly rapid. What was it that made it, you know, what was it that made that event something that people recognized and really just sort of found to be a something they wanted to support and really grow? Because that, that's exponential growth you guys have seen. Well, I really think the secret sauce is the prospects. It's our prospect generators. I mean, that prospect generators are the foundation of, of NAEP, and that's what makes it special. It's not just a service company show, even though we love our vendors and we, and, and we give a special place for our vendors. As you'll notice when you tour NAEP, they're up front. They're our sponsors. We appreciate them. But our our meat and potatoes are the the prospect generators and now we've kind of expanded that even into renewable projects um that's what brings the decision makers to the show excellent yeah and and there's probably if there's fifteen thousand people inside the convention center there's probably another fifteen thousand in the surrounding bars (laughs) whether it's four seasons or the grove i mean what have you and and i always you know i look at nape as really just almost putting a mirror up to the industry, right? Whether it's, hey, what are people focused on? Where are they spending their time and money mm-hmm. from a development standpoint or prospect opportunities? Uh, you can get a very good read on the financial health of the industry based upon the quality of the entertainment and the events surrounding NAEP. <laughs> um, and so I just would be kind of curious, Drew, maybe to hear from your perspective as a director, you know, how are how is NAEP, how are you handling this in the age of Omicron and COVID? And I'll tell you, people are starving for yeah direct interaction but you know we, we tried as, as a city to kind of have a lot of you know the holiday things and mm-hmm. everybody started canceling those so h- how have you found the reception how have you guys had to navigate you know such a large in-person event during a really kind of unprecedented time you know it's uh, it's one of those things that I can't say it's not difficult uh, but you know it's also one of those things is you know we try to be safe as possible uh, you know we let people kind of choose for themselves you know we present PPE uh, we do all the things that we need for people and we supply all those things so they can come to the event uh, we're even gonna have vaccinations on the trade show floor if you need your booster still uh, even if you need a flu shot or you want to start the vaccination process we have a booth that you can do that at night. that's great uh, so you know we try to be part of the solution and everything like that but we also think that it's part that it's our responsibility to help the industry and we can't just hit the pause button every time uh, i think we all have figured out how to navigate the world and we still want to present nape to the industry so we bring in so we're bringing it just like we traditionally do um, and then you can come you can be safe you can opt in on just maybe if you just want to walk the trade show floor that's fine but if you want to interact go to all the networking events you know, we're prepared for you to do that as safely as possible. And then, as you said, all the events outside of NAEP, uh, which NAEP is 
I mean, it's a fun week Absolutely. for the industry. <clears throat> uh, I think and everybody's significant other probably hates <laughs> Nape Week. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but you're right. It's, it's a uh, from sunup to sundown and sometimes thereafter. Uh, it is a full plate that entire week, which is great. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's as, as you pointed out, Leanne, it's it's rare to get that many people that you can have that many quality touch points in such a condensed time without also having to travel all over right so yes. it's it's hugely important for us i know and i think and my I f- oh excuse me i think my f- one more thing i think my favorite thing about nape is the houston uh, traffic report in the morning <laughs> when i can click on the news and uh the traffic reporter goes well everybody nape's in town so uh it makes me feel good it makes me feel like we're generating and we're bringing a lot of people together to the marketplace well and recognize too that i can't remember the stat exactly but i think it's over 22 million of revenue that comes to the city of Houston by virtue of Nape. Mm-hmm. So the city thanks you as well, right? And that's probably half of what's you know actually truly measurable um, because it is every restaurant, every bar, every venue downtown, mm-hmm. and and all across town, frankly, um, yeah. benefits from it. So it's it's a huge thing, and I'm I'm really grateful that it's back. And I think um, based upon the number of invites we've seen in our inboxes, I think everybody's fully embraced that. Hey, look, you know we're dealing with COVID, sure. But we, we need we need to be in person when this thing needs to happen. So yeah. really grateful you guys push that forward. And I would like to say that I am personally praying for every person in the energy industry and in Houston that for health and safety and wellness to be able to come to Nate. <laughs> no, no doubt. No doubt. Um, yes. And it's 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 one of those things, though, to your point, Drew, everybody's just having to deal with it. We'll, we'll navigate and, you know, um, mm. but certainly I, yeah, hopefully it's not a super spreader. Um, but I don't think it will be. Well, we did have our event in August, and we had 4,000 people attend in August, and um, it was a very safe event, and we did not get any negative feedback or any phone calls. So, you know, we do think that the PPE works, and um, the GRB, uh, the George R. Brown Convention Center, where we host NAEP, they have made huge... um, strides in delivering a safe environment through filtering systems and drew you can Mm. speak to he's our safety guy (laughs) yeah the other things that they've done to make it a very safe environment yeah sanitation is key for the facility and stuff and that's a city facility so they go through the guidelines and are regulated and their staff does a great job there of keeping the facilities clean covid friendly uh, air purification systems hepa filters all those good things and then you know lots of signage and stuff you know wash your hands keep your social distance and everything you know uh be responsible you know for yourself and be responsible for you know for others as well yeah no that's awesome i i uh, like you greg the invite started rolling in i said yeah it might be coming back to uh the good old days when uh brought a lot of people in town it's kind of like um whether it was NAEP or Sarah Week or OTC, it's amazing mm-hmm. to me how many people come into town not only to, to attend the event but everything that goes on around it, and not just the um, not just the operators and the prospect generators, but you know the service companies, the mm-hmm. midstream companies. It's just a another reason to be in Houston to uh, meet with folks. So it's uh, I applaud y'all for keeping it going. And yeah. thank you. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, what, what's the what's the color of, of Nape this year? Because, you know, I remember starting out in 04, it was, you know, Rocky CBM is going to save the day and offshore Gulf of Mexico oil were big topics and oil sands. You know, everybody forgets about those. Mm-hmm. And then it was yeah. shale. 
and then it was kind of the tangential things that kind of they were tight rock but not really shale and private equity burned a lot of capital in some of those plays but every year you kind of had a sense for okay i think this year is going to be about xyz play or this kind of concept um i suspect this year given all that's going on in the energy world and the transition that we're, we're undertaking maybe a little bit harder to predict what you're going to see so do you have a flavor for you know the types of folks who've signed up for booths who's presenting mm-hmm. and and what do you think if i were to walk into the convention center and just make a lap you know what's it going to look like this year well i mean it's going to be you know you're going to see a lot of your traditional uh, nape booths your traditional prospects i mean one thing about nape is that that's what's so interesting about it it's such a wide variety of energy options it's like an energy buffet and stuff you may have a leasing round from australia over here being conducted by their government mm-hmm. and then you may have somebody you know in western kansas you know pushing out you know an already producing property right so i mean that's that's why people go to nape is that they can gauge the industry and they can see wherever they're working at i mean it's you know it's a global show um and then also too is kind of the new kids in the block we're making room a safe space for renewable companies it's important where they can take that element because you know the oil industry has so many great events like you know otc nape doug shows all of us you know you know produce this content and build these shows and to be part of the industry uh and now it's you know these renewable energy stuff is coming to light and they don't have that kind of shows and they don't have necessarily the disciplines and all the experience that's at nape so we like bringing that and like giving those companies the options of hey this is how we show this is one of the way that we've been showing prospects and they go this is amazing that i can bring my solar i can bring my wind project and i can show it at nape too and even kind of those sneaky oil and gas companies who have that uh, back room renewable company can come and they're like, you know what, this is great. I can still come to NAEP, I can do my oil and gas, and I can start this new project and also, you know, leverage NAEP education that we do on the trade show floor with the renewable energy pavilion and learn on new ways that they can, you know, green up your business a little bit or, you know, just if you want to sit in and learn something new. That's And that's hugely important. I mean, you'll... As our listening audience will know, you'll hear us talk a lot about the importance of, well, one, the importance of hydrocarbons. We're going to be around for a while, mm-hmm. um, in spite of everybody's best hopes and intentions. Uh, but absolutely, the importance of the industry being willing to embrace renewables and ESG and everything that's happening. Yeah. Because look, it's whether you agree with it or not, it doesn't really matter. It's it's occurring, mm-hmm. and so, uh, and there's no reason why the energy industry shouldn't be leading and like out in front leading that transition because we have the people, we have the technology, you know, so we have all the makings of it. We probably need a little bit more capital Mm. if the the markets will open back up to us. Uh, But a hundred percent, we should be, you know, embracing it and it should be a, you know, not necessarily the focal point, but it should be a big component of of what we're seeing. And I'm I'm grateful that, you know, you say that you've kind of created a space for those folks to show up and, and be a yeah. part of the the conversation just at large, right? Because it seems like when people get onto the subject, it's, it's you know, you kind of have to choose one or the other. Yeah. And I'm a believer that you need all of it, right? And, mm-hmm. and maybe one day, um, I don't think it'll be over my investing horizon, but one day if we don't need oil anymore, um, then, you know, Houston needs to be out and, you know, we're going to be here for a while. So we need to be out in front and, and take the lead instead of, really being kind of dictated to or being caught flat-footed. Um, so, yeah, I think that's incredible yeah. that and y'all are doing that. One of our goals um, this year in particular 
was to help the industry change its mindset from us versus them or Mm -hmm. fossil fuels versus renewables and become an all-encompassing you know energy marketplace and so we've tried to even in our marketing you know stress that this is we're a marketplace for deals in all energy sectors um we used to joke and and call nape uh our little lemonade stand that we started (laughs) and that lemonade stand now has grown to offer many many different flavors and so that's kind of what you'll see i think this year at um nape and even more in the future as we all learn more about how this crypto technology is fitting into energy and there's so many exciting new developments and that's what NAEP's all about is not just bringing buyers and sellers together but also people with great minds and great ideas and new technologies and so you know I'm just I'm really excited just thinking about it it's been a couple of years since we've had a February event and so um, I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to to learning more I mean I'm gonna go buy some of the the new um, exhibitors that we have in our renewable energy pavilion just so I can learn more and 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 know how to um, better serve our clients you know from our perspective and and that's a good point too sometimes I forget is you know we presented some virtual shows some different kind of content in between like the COVID period and stuff but you know I kind of think about 2020 when I left that nape. Um, I remember, like for COVID, I mean, it was it was literally we were the buzzer beater of events and stuff. <laughs> if you were there in 2020, because uh, everybody was like, "What are you doing about COVID?" And I was like, "Well, I ordered uh, five uh, hand sanitizer stations," and they're like, "Good job." Yeah. Uh, and then and then it just all kind of uh, snowballed after that. So we you know we were very lucky to be able to present that show in 2020. And then 2021 we pushed to August and had a very successful event, all things included. But it's great to be back in February, and it's great to see the events and stuff. But it's also I think about it in 2020. I didn't think in 20 by 2022 is that half of the calls I would be getting this week would be from cryptocurrency miners asking if NAPES are a good fit for them. So it's kind of funny to see the transition between 2020 and 2022 and how much the show has even changed and how many different audiences that I would never think, you know, back in 2020 would be at NAPE in 2022. Yeah, no, it's, it's, and it's funny too, right? Because getting out in circulation again and seeing people in person, I'm like, oh wait, I haven't seen you in like two years, right? I mean, it's just, there's like a, almost like a void of hey space in my mind where a year just disappeared yeah. and i don't know what it's like for you david i mean you're probably you know one of the more social people in the city mm-hmm. of houston but it just you know it's and that's disappointing right because yeah. very few things got done when you can't meet in person mm-hmm. um, it's just very challenging and y'all did the best you could to try to go virtual and navigate it and yeah. stay relevant but yeah it's uh i'm a big proponent of of the in-person you know direct point of contact it's huge and i will say um one of the things that 2020 taught us or you know and and presenting our virtual event um it helped us create the nape network which gave us an avenue to show prospects online mm-hmm. which before you know we were as as or event organizers of the one of the largest events you know in-person events we were always a little nervous about 
putting our prospects online mm-hmm. because then we were thinking well then then why would people want to come to nape if they can look at the prospects online so good and bad that we had to have only a virtual show in uh summer of 2021 is that we were able to find a platform where we could list prospects online for our clients but it also showed us that our clients still wanted to network and meet in person to do the deals and so now we feel like we can provide even a better service and you know that's what we're here for because we can provide the in-person event the marketplace to meet face to face while also you know being relevant to technology and being able to give people more accessible way to look at prospects a little bit thank you um online as well so it's kind of more bang for um more bang for the buck and um a better service people still like to go to heb and touch your avocados before they buy you know? yeah i like that thank you <laughs> I, we always kind of like a joke in the office is like you know we kind of have to try to be netflix but then we also have to try to be blockbuster at the same time yeah and it's uh kind of keeping that uh that balance too is always a different uh and sometimes a difficult thing to do well i think i've got staying power when you think about it's what 2022 this y'all started in 1993 mm like we were talking about earlier i mean there's so many people that historically historically the last two years i think you just kind of got to write off because it's just a bit of blip but i mean annually i know for as long as greg's been going and i've been going and involved it was just something you knew yeah was on the calendar and things got planned around it whether they, they were even going to the the show or not yeah. and uh I still would go take a lap or two because you know have have friends and clients there, uh, but uh, yeah, I think <clears throat> it's good to to have that digital aspect. That was going to be one of our questions. If mm-hmm. if you know, kind of just the digitalization of things, if that's impacted you all or not. And I and I think people still like to get together, and uh, you know, so I think you've kind of become a fixture of the industry, which is a good thing and uh, yeah. I think people still like to go and haggle with folks because yeah. they're not just uh, they're not just saying hey I'm paying you X amount of acre you know they, there's other people that are competing for it people yeah. like to talk to the to the team and and really look them in the eye and go so I understand the data but what else yeah, yeah. And, well, you know, it's the other thing, too, on the digital aspect is that those digital companies have really supported NAEP, too, is that they come and they take large exhibits, uh, and then they, you know, they kind of take a time out for that week of selling, you know, their digital. Of course, they're not taking down their sites, but they're also actively selling those listed prospects with them at NAEP, which I think is very cool and something that you don't really see a lot is, uh, you know, they sponsor NAEP and they embrace it and stuff, and it's important to them because, you know, NAEP was kind of a blueprint of how to put these prospects out there and stuff. Uh, so, I mean, it's great to have their support, and it's great to see them. Um, and even, you know, we're working with uh, a lot of the companies. You know, we work with Energy Domain right now on the NAEP month. Uh, it was a sponsorship through them of helping uh, getting prospects out there before and during NAEP. So, um, you know, it's been a good partnership, and it's something, you know, we've kind of embraced them, and they've kind of embraced us. Yeah. So, Eugene, the fact is, I mean, consumers are, 
And you have a very big challenge because you've got a, a pretty large cross section um, of, you know, and I'm going to put myself in the older generation who consume things on analog uh, <laughs> versus the liquid metal version of, of ourselves now who are much more digitally inclined and, mm -hmm. and you know, they consume their information and, and receive it from multiple different channels. So, you know, applaud you all for your ability to kind of adapt to that changing environment. I've been slow to adapt. And ultimately, frankly, COVID was probably helpful for me because I had to learn a lot of new things, a lot of new things about how to, you know, stay in touch and communicate while you can't be in person. So there was one upside. Uh, so, so really grateful to hear that. Maybe, you know, that's kind of one of the things I wanted to touch on a bit. So you've talked about, you know, how you've had to modify your format of your content somewhat. How do you, how do you stay relevant and keep the, the information, you know, on point with folks while recognizing that, hey, maybe people aren't comfortable showing up in person. How do you still reach those individuals? Uh, and maintain your sponsorship base and participation, um, making room for renewables, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe, maybe if you could just sort of cast forward, you know, what what is your vision for the conference? You know, while you're at the helm, how do you see it evolving over time? Well, I'll let kind of Leanne go first on that one. That's a good okay. great question. Um, well, we serve a really a variety of, of customers you know demographic wise and also you know NAEP is a place for all disciplines I mean we serve land professionals geologists geophysicists engineers attorneys a big part of our audience are financiers and so we try to gear our content to be relevant in the big picture of energy and so that's why we want to stress that it's a marketplace whether you're starting to get into to battery storage or we will never abandon our roots in the traditional oil and gas deal so mm -hmm. there's there's so many options at NAEP that we're our focus is to try to to meet those needs it's kind of like a grocery store and um as drew likes to put you know now we have a new organic section <laughs> 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 so um i think moving forward we'll continue also to to um meet the needs of the traditional um oil man you know just like you said as far as technology you know we are offering prospects online but we are still printing our show guide yep. that lists prospects you know you know by basin and county you know in a little booklet and then you can look up who, the booth number and you can walk to that booth so you know and then after the show you know we have a lot of our um, global clients who aren't able because of covid to travel so we are going to offer a bundle package our wonderful global business uh, conference uh, starring david as one of our panelists on one of the sessions all of those sessions will be recorded and offered um, as a bundle to people who cannot come to the event in person and then we again have the prospects online for those individuals as well so people can get um, a glimpse of NAEP 
even if they aren't able to be there in person. We hope to see everyone's smiling faces, yeah. but there are circumstances, you know, especially our international um, clients who can't come. So we are providing an avenue um, through recorded material, through um, the show guide, and um, our Nate Month prospect listings. Yeah. You know, and I, I think uh, one of the biggest thing is that you can't, uh, Nate has kind of become a tradition. Uh, in the industry and stuff, and that's good. It makes us feel good uh, as a soft spot for a lot of people, but you can't uh, ride on tradition forever. You have to be relevant. It's like um, it's like Disney World. There's a new ride every single <laughs> year, and that's one big thing that, you know, uh, since me and Leanne worked together, that was our thing, is that there has to be something new every single year. Sometimes that event or that concept doesn't work, and it's put back. Uh, and it really didn't work. It's forgotten forever. But uh, it's revamped and done. And it's to be relevant in the industry and stuff. And I do think live events have a place. And I think they should always have a place. Because it's that one time a year when you get together. Uh, we may say less live events. But I definitely think NAPE has that spot in the industry. Where it's educational. But it's also an industry resource. If you need a prospect or a deal. You can pick one up. And have work for your company for the next few years. Um, so that's kind of the thing is it's just we're trying new things and bringing new events within the event every single year yeah well and much like it's again uh, it, I just <clears throat> firmly believe it's a great reflection of the industry mm -hmm. and and absolutely if y'all were not adapting the way that you are you would become irrelevant right mm -hmm. and I think our, it's a great parallel to the traditional hydrocarbon space right where you know you've got people who are just stalwarts and are kind of hard-headed and not easy adaptable easily adaptable or embracing of change mm -hmm. uh so i love to hear you know that you guys are pushing things out on multiple channels and different formats and you're giving a forum for more than just the traditional uh routes that you'll you'll still you know that'll be a mainstay right mm -hmm. um so that i'm actually pretty excited to go to name now yeah mm -hmm. um fantastic yeah yeah well one thing that i did also want to touch on while we have you here and it was something I didn't appreciate about NAEP is that there's a lot of charitable giving that's taken place. Um, I think I read that since 2009, y'all have contributed $4.5 million or more to charities. Can you talk a little bit about how that came about and, and the, the causes you all support? And I think a lot of it's kind of veteran-based. So really important. I think Houston is one of those cities where, you know, I'm a transplant. David's a transplant, you know, but everybody here who has accepted Houston as their home loves it. Uh, it's one of the most giving and, and caring cities out there. So, one, thank you for what you do. But if you could just talk about that for a minute, I think that's that's an important aspect as well. Yeah. Um, you know, what's unique about NAEP is NAEP is actually, you know, brought to the industry by four non-for-profit organizations. Um, AEPL, as I mentioned before, is the managing partner, but we also have uh, the Independent Petroleum Association of, uh, of America, IPAA, as one of our partners, um, the Society of Exploration Geophysicists, and the American um, Association of Petroleum Geologists. And so 100% of the net profit that comes from a NAEP show goes back, 100% goes back to the nonprofit associations that provide industry support to their members, um, public lands access, advocacy, um, education. And so truly NAEP is all about, it's an event by industry for industry. And then in addition to that, 
We also have our NAEP Expo Charities Fund. And yes, since 2005, we have, um, and when I say we, I mean the industry. I mean America's energy industry um, and NAEP have donated more than four million dollars to veteran charities to our American heroes um, we have a charities luncheon each year this year um, our keynote speaker is uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and um, it is a very moving event if you have not attended the charities luncheon I encourage everyone to do so um, we celebrate three to four veteran charities each year a hundred percent of donations, one hundred percent of the donations go to the charities. NAEP Expo pays for the luncheon and the speaker fees, anything like that, so that all donations go directly to those charities. And um, we celebrate those charities at the luncheon, and it's it's a very moving event. And I encourage everyone to att attend that, even if you can't come to the entire expo. Well, look, this has been a great conversation. Um, I think, again, really appreciate what you all do for the industry, appreciate what you do for the city of Houston, and I'm, I'm grateful to hear that you guys also, you know, go beyond yourselves and support some very important causes, not just for the industry, but for U.S. veterans. So it was really nice to hear about that. Um, you know, maybe in closing, is there anything that you would like our listening audience to know about the, the upcoming event here in two weeks or so? Uh, is there anything that they should know if they'd like to register? Mm -hmm. They've heard this. They're all excited about NAEP. They're lathered up. They're ready to go. Where do you direct them? Uh, you know, you'll go to www.napexpo.com. And remember, we have NAEP in Houston for a reason. Uh, you can register on the website. But if it's the day of and you want to come to NAEP, just come down to the George R. Brown Convention Center, and we'll sell you a registration on the spot. And, you know, the mantra of NAEP is where deals happen. So we could not leave here without giving your listeners a great deal on NAEP registration. So we have a promo code called called podcast pal that's p-o-d-c-a-s-t pal and you get a hundred dollars off your registration so just go to napexpo.com put in the promo code podcast pal and um come see us at nape i will certainly do that yeah <clears throat> well uh leanne drew it's been our pleasure to have you here in the fletcher azul podcast studio david as always, thank you for, for being a, a gracious co-host. Yeah, thanks for uh, being here. Yeah. It's our first podcast together. I know, man. You're awfully quiet, too. You're going to have to... Um, well, I'm letting you, you know, kind of break yourself in a little bit. Yeah, you just... I'll get motor mouth going, though. Yeah. Um, well, David has to... I mean, rest yourself. You're a speaker at Nape, so uh, we need yeah, to... I got to rest. You got to rest, <laughs> rest, <laughs> rest the voice. <laughs> singing voice, sir. Rest the golden pipes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, listen, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, it has been our pleasure to come to you today. Uh, and again, you can follow us on uprightdigital.com. And remember to subscribe to the Oilfield 360 podcast on your favorite podcast platform, wherever you choose to receive that content. And as a reminder, you can always catch our podcast live on our YouTube channel. Uh, so we encourage you to do that. Uh, so you can see these rainbow trout socks that I'm sporting today. Um, and you can also follow us on LinkedIn. So thank you very much. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to be here with you all and look forward to a fun event. Hey, thank, thank you so you much so for having much. us. Thank, thank you guys. The oil field 360 podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Locked in Global Energy and Marine, 
uncommonly independent. Lockton is the world's largest privately owned insurance broker and risk finance advisor. Lockton's global energy expertise is centered in Houston and represents the largest concentration of energy specialists, clients, and experiential knowledge in the upstream, midstream, and downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Visit Lockton.com for more information. Upright Digital. Upright Digital specializes in partnering with your business to maximize marketing efficiencies. We have a deep understanding of people, their needs, motivations, behaviors, as well as the technologies that enable brands in many industries to utilize what is available in a changing digital landscape. Find us online at uprightdigital.com.